Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Psychocinematic. Today, I have Igor on with me, the director of Sputnik. Igor, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure to be here. So I wanted to start by saying the first thing about this film, I, it felt like top tier sci-fi for me, uh, where it wasn't just a sci-fi movie. It wasn't just a horror movie. So it wasn't like just a face value you're getting an alien film that's scary. What really stood out to me was how as the movie went on, there was just like layers and you learn everyone's motives and they, they appear so much different in the beginning than towards the end. Like for example, like the alien might be uh, a parasite, might be symbiotic. The cosmonaut, you know, starts off like, oh, we think he's just got amnesia. And then it's like, no, it turns out he's keeping it on the hush that he knows everything that's going on. The doctor, you learn, and sorry, this is spoilers for anyone. I'm going to start, I'll say spoilers right now um, before moving forward. Like the doctor, we learned that she was the person in the orphanage that we've been seeing. The Russians, we learned that, that are working that facility are trying to weaponize this you know like all these things aren't apparent up front and so it's like a slow drip of constant information being fed and so what i want to ask you uh first is how much of that do you get to control being the director since you're the one who's you know put in charge of executing the vision that's put on paper and now you're putting it to screen well first of all thanks uh thanks thanks for saying it i mean yeah that's our goal from the beginning our essential goal in a way to put together a sophisticated movie with uh, you know a lot of multiple layers that at some point will start to peel off and kind of a showcase the actual meaning the actual stuff behind the occurring events initially Sputnik was something that uh, it, it derived from a very simple concept which is let's make a Russian version of Alien it's an Alien in the USSR that was our kind of elevator pitch and it's all started from that concept from that idea and then we just me and my producers my writer we just start speedballing ideas we just decided okay so here's an alien here's like kind of a um extraterrestrial you know like creature from space uh trapped into uh, inside this facility we actually didn't know where we were going with that we just kind of a you know decided to take our chances and explore that but ended up being you know like a story as you said with a you know different layers meanings behind that so it sounds like you worked pretty close with the writers there's two writers correct there were two writers uh right the first writer he put together the very first draft and then we had another writer um uh, with whom it was more like a thorough page by page process sometimes we just ended up like you know sitting in a room uh, around the table just me produces the writer and just you know going page by page sometimes line by line and it was kind of a it's it was very thorough deep process also uh, that was my first movie so it was kind of a very educational process for me as well and uh, i mean but it actually allowed us to get into the skin of our characters, to get into their heads, to explore their motivations, you know. When the director isn't also one of the credited writers, I uh, wonder sometimes, like, you know, depending on the production, like if they ever get to a chance to meet and like how much of the writing, how deep they understand it or if they're interpreting it different than the writers originally wrote it. And so I 
have questions about the alien in itself. And I'm glad that you worked closely with them because I'm hoping that you can shed some light for me. So the first thing, the alien, when it comes out of the cosmonaut and it's walking around kind of on its arms, is that kind of tying back to her being in the wheelchair in the orphanage and like the, is there like a theme of not being able to use your legs? Well, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting idea. I've never thought of that, but I'm glad you brought it up because right now it makes total sense, but we, we never implied that actually. We never, we never had that idea, <laughs> but that's, that's a great coincidence. I mean, I don't remember. It was like uh, four years ago in the, uh, when we were, you know, putting together the alien and we've been working, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, developing the creature, developing then we worked with a bunch of amazing animators who are putting together the creature. And I think, yeah, we explored plethora of different scenarios in terms of how the creature moves, how he operates, how he, you know, evolves, etc., etc. because they apparently, once again, that's a spoiler, but they're sharing this symbiotic connection. It's pretty much the same mind and i don't remember if someone ever brought this thing that it's you know somehow it could be like an allusion to her past but that's that's mm -hmm. that's an interesting idea <laughs> i it seems like i become a master at uh seeing things that aren't actually intentional and i'm just like what is this um so the next question about the alien that maybe you guys did or didn't do so I, when i was looking at the alien it looks like a combination between like uh a king cobra and like a, yeah. a spider kind of a snakes and cobra specifically became a jumping off point for developing this creature because i mean mm -hmm. i mean putting together creatures especially in you know in modern days when you have alien when you have predatory when you have chlorophyll although perfect alien movies it's it's really challenging task to come up with something original so i guess we just started speedballing mm -hmm. ideas uh thinking about this creature as an, a character as an individual or something you know like a entity with a set of behavioral patterns and all that kind of stuff but also we thought of something unsettling enough putting in terms of the human physiology like imagine cobra coming out of your mouth you know the snake kind mm -hmm. of uh you know getting out of your system you know crawling around and we kind of uh, decided to lean into these body horror aspects so definite snake influence and then with the eyes is what i was really drawing like it, it looks like i'm staring at a tarantula or something like that it was interesting because just the other day i was in the garage and my wife was talking about how there was like a a molted spider skin like just sitting in the corner and I was like nah yeah I don't want to see it but then I thought about how you know like they shed their skin to get bigger so do snakes and uh I was thinking like if if you guys intentionally did that where it's kind of like this alien is shedding its skin of the human getting a lot bigger now once it comes outside of the human you brought up another kind of a uh, challenging task that we encountered at some point because i mean uh the trick was always you know to kind of uh, hide the creature inside the human's body but also kind of a uh, you know we we didn't want to look at like a gremlin we didn't want to look at like a cat i mean in terms of its size because in terms of size it's supposed to be like a at least like a i don't know like a 
medium-sized xenomorph or something like that, you know, because we we knew that at the end of the movie you're going to have some, you know, glimpses of action in the third act when the creature kind of encounters those soldiers and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty challenging to figure out the way how we're going to put this thing into human's body. And we knew that we really want to lean into that episode when uh, the creature comes out of the mouse for the first time and we really wanted to have this kind of a close-ups of the mouse, you know, stretching. That was kind of a most challenging thing, especially for the animators and for the CG company. But, I mean, I, I for some reason, I recently rewatched that part and it still feels good. <laughs> it, looks, it looks fine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that, that video that I had made and then put on Instagram, like I made sure to say, because I, I was blown away about how good the CGI looked and whatever the the budget said on Google. I was like, man, <laughs> it's it drives me nuts when um people make excuses for uh, movies that aren't very good because their budget was low, but yet they'll have like, you know, like two or three times the budget of this film. And it's like, it drives me nuts. And so I was, when I saw that, I was like, wow, like just some absolutely talented people were clearly working on this and like the attention to detail, making sure the lighting's all perfect for all that stuff. I mean, it just, it was great. Well, thank you. Thank you for this. Yeah. And it was, it was really challenging to achieve all of that in the given budget. And I think in the at the beginning we had much more uh we had like different amount of those CGI sequences and we had like a couple more alien kind of sequences that we just ended up you know taking out from the script because we realized okay we we just we we're out of the budget and we need to figure it out we need to concentrate on the other stuff and that's what we did we kind of uh, uh, put them aside and we, you know, just decided to make uh, everything feels, you know, spectacular and kind of uh, visually impressive uh, with those uh, CGI shows that got left. That's what's pretty much what really Scott did in Alien. I mean, I think by the, until the Act 3, you don't clearly see the creature. You don't clearly see the Xenomorph. It's just a tail, just a shadow. It's just a Harry Dean Stanton's close-up, you know, gazing at something. It's it's this Jonesy, the cat, you know, hissing at him. And it's kind of... What, uh, and this kind of a, what I call refracted action when you don't... When you don't showcase the actual thread, but you can see the outcome of those events. And that's something that we use along the way in Sputnik. Sometimes it's just, you know, like a silhouette in the mist, you know, splash of blood on the wall and that kind of stuff that actually, you know, empowers the audience imagination in a way. I, I don't think I've ever really thought about it like that, but kind of like using the CGI shots sparingly if you're on a lower budget. So the ones that do make it in are amazing. That makes total sense. And uh, also, I mean, I think it's better that way. Like you were saying, you know, like letting your imagination run. Uh, I haven't read any of HP Lovecraft stuff, but I've heard from a lot of people that he leaves a lot up to your imagination. It's all like very um, like just not so vivid creatures. And that's what really sparks your horror. And so it just seems like that could be a total advantage to any kind of uh, horror film or anything that is going to have that CGI. So earlier you were asked, or you were talking about the the fight scene with the soldiers, um, and 
every time uh, I saw that the alien fighting, especially when um, it's feeding on the prisoners, I thought about Stranger Things. Have you? Do you watch Stranger? I watched Things? Uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, I think it was at the end of the season two uh, by the um, post credits scene. Uh, they kind of uh, established this Soviet military base or so prison, whatever it was, because I mean it was very vague mm -hmm. in a way. And they showcased the Demogorgon preying on uh, convicts. That was the moment when we were in the midst. Of shooting and we, we we had it and we just and i remember we had like meeting with producers okay guys what what we're gonna do it's pretty the same because i mean we it looks like that we're going to come up pretty at the same time in the third season and the um an old movie and we just uh, said oh we'll take our chances that was kind of an answer it was never been intentional it was just we did it at the same time and that which was pretty like yeah i mean circumstantial and weird <laughs> I, I was bringing it up because I, I totally thought they saw your film and were like let's do that <laughs> you know because i thought yours came out first and i was like man that's crazy Maybe it's a very common <laughs> idea it, you that know, is like funny to feed convicts mm -hmm. to the alien creature i know maybe everybody do that <laughs> and apparently just exclusively in russia oh yeah <laughs> in yeah, the 80s too yeah. <laughs> so i gotta ask about the title sputnik how uh how much of the um ch uh, title choice did you get to come up with like did you have a say in the title well, Initially, we the title was The Passenger, and that was the name of the short movie that we did prior to Sputnik to the main feature. It was a proof of concept short, uh, and it was called The Passenger. And then we just decided to change it because there was a num number of reasons behind that. On one hand, uh, it was kind of a very mm, general title in a way, The Passenger, and also... I remember uh, the movie The Passengers with uh, Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence just came up and we uh, we just were afraid that the audience will confuse it somehow. So we just started speedballing ideas and at some point Sputnik came up and we, we loved it. Also, you know, Sputnik because of the Sputnik, the first kind of a artificial body that was sent into the space and everybody, it's, a, it's a kind of a very international name. Everybody knows that. And also Sputnik in Russian, it's someone who kind of, a, the meaning of the word is basically someone who kind of follows you, someone who's always ever present with you. You know, it's kind of a, well, I would say, yeah, it's like your follower, someone like your, someone who's always next to you, you know? And uh, so it, it had this kind of a double meaning in a way. So that's, we, 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 we so we kind of, yeah, enjoyed this name. And we, that's the perfect title. Cause I, I was going to ask um, if you guys chose Sputnik based on, it reaching more demographics because when i hear sputnik i think like russian space mission or satellite something like that um and then when i see an, an alien on the cover then i'm like oh they're gonna do the, like the legit sputnik even though that's not exactly how that um how the movie went but uh 
is like a quick way for people to recognize kind of what this movie is going to be about, but that double meaning is you No, no, no. I mean, that was pretty intentional, especially with the, that we were leaning into these Cold War elements, of the 80s, all that kind of stuff. So uh, did you guys shoot this entire film in Russia? Yes, we did. We did entirely in Russia. So did you guys roll out the film first in Russia, then everywhere else, or does it come out everywhere at the same time? This movie was actually the COVID baby. Yeah, our initial release in Russia was April, and we ended up finishing up the picture in March. And uh, I was in Moscow doing kind of a final touches on a uh, on a movie, kind of a doing mix. And I remember there was already like a. It was like pretty much pre-lockdown Moscow. So in Moscow, in order to get out from the house, you need to get a pass, you know, to move around the city. Uh, and I, I would never forget how I was like sneaking, getting a cab and getting into the you know, recording studio in order, you know, to do some stuff uh, regarding the post. We finished, we finished the picture and in two weeks, they announced like official lockdown. We realized that we're not going theatrically. They shut down all the feathers all that stuff and so we at some point producers just decided okay then we'll go straight to vod and that's what we did we ended up going into we had like kind of a very wide release in russia but on vod so the and i think in april we hit like all the major russian streamers back then and yeah and that was kind of a bold and smart choice because everyone pretty much all the summer and kind of uh, releases were, you know, withholding and they were just waiting for the lockdown to be over. But we decided, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll take our chances. And we just went out. Uh, so which was good. I mean, we were getting a lot of attention. And then pretty the same happened in the United States. We The movie dropped off in, in uh, dropped out in a... In August, I believe. That was the summer of 2020. I mean, there was no movies in theaters. We never had like a proper theatrical release, but in a way, COVID helped us out. You know, it's really kind of a, um, you know, delivered this movie to pretty much every doorstep in the United States. And mm -hmm. I was really surprised when I officially was doing press. I mean, I, I would never forget one guy just told me we, we had the first time uh, summer without blockbusters for a long, long time. And you, this is the first blockbuster that we got here this year. I said, wow, wow that, that's great. Thank you. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, were you living in the United States when you're shooting that and you just went back to Russia or did you move uh, to the United States after? I started kind of in my transition into the American film industry right after Sputnik. And uh, actually, I, I moved to States just a few months ago before, before that. I was spending my time in Europe. Um, I left Russia two years ago after the war. And uh, since that, I moved to, I spent some time in Georgia, in Turkey, and was just kind of bouncing back and forth. And right now, and a few months ago, I moved to LA. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I kind of, for the last, for the past three years, mostly I was kind of a, working you know exclusively with with the american market and that's something that i was always gravitating towards too so yeah since you are russian i i got this 
comment on uh, Instagram and I'm, I'm curious about like how your experience has been. This person had said like, now is not the time to be watching Russian films. And I'm like, well, if you're waiting for the United States to be on great terms with Russia, you'll probably never see the film. What has that been like for you being someone who's from Russia now living in the States, and then also people do like to get a little policey with uh, movies in general and like what you can and can't consume. Yeah, that's that's kind of a sensitive uh, topic, of course, because I mean, I already mentioned that I left Russia right after the war. It's not just a matter of personal security, but I mean, apparently I don't, I can agree with what's going on in my country, what's my, what my government is doing. There are a lot of really bright names and talents in Russia. Directors, cinematographers, actors. Some of them moved abroad. Some, some of them, unfortunately, remained, uh, remained in Russia. My goal was always to move to States, to, uh, to start working in this industry, which I'm doing right now. But, and I really, really hope that, you know, all those talented people, they will move as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's the easiest way to put it. It's not about the language. It's not about the context. It's uh, well, it, it's all about the story, actually, the story we've been delivering. And that was the thing with Sputnik. Yes, it's unfolding in the Soviet Union. It's 1983. Sputnik was pretty much a universal human story. It's a story about grief. It's a story about loss. It's a story about, you know, kind of a finding your inner strengths and kind of a uh, encountering your inner monsters, which was like a driving theme of the movie. Our extraterrestrial is the least monster in the movie. Uh, this colonel, uh, in, in the main protagonist, they all have these, they're very flawed, you know, complex people with all these skeletons in their closet. I mean, I guess if you if you like that kind of stories, watch Sputnik. If not, don't watch it. I don't judge those people who are telling these days that it's not the best time to watch Russian movies. No, I totally get it. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So, and I don't watch Russian movies, so uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's funny. So what is that like when you're working these CG uh, scenes, you know, like when there's aliens attacking uh, soldiers and they just have to imagine it's there? Were you guys using like a, a rod with like, I don't know, like a ball at the end of it or like a mask or? Uh, we, uh, we created a puppet that we use mostly for rehearsals. We couldn't use it for during the shoot, during the actual shoot. So we rehearse it, then we take it out. And uh, most like 99% of the cases, uh, actors, they were, you know, dealing with thin air. And uh, it was so, it was so bizarre, especially when, you know, after after we put together the edit after and we started kind of implementing the thing which called post visas like a very preliminary kind of a cgi and i remember that i already got used to the fact that you know oh here's the the, the main protagonist the the doctor tatiana she's sitting over there and she's just looking through this glass and then at some point i saw another character behind the glass and I saw wow she's kind of uh, interacting with this creature and that was really kind of a those cinema magic when all that came to life and I just realized that we we did it right we did it right on a set because I mean part of delivering uh, I think good CGI shots is to uh, to get the right footage on a set to shoot it properly how easily you could end up, you know, shooting yourself in the foot if you have the scene where multiple guards are interacting with this thing that's not actually there. And then all of a sudden your animators 
have to make it make sense why this guy's moving right now. And now all of a sudden this dude's moving. And now the animation could potentially look wonky. You might have to reshoot, you know, like those kinds of things. That just sounds super stressful. Especially about those action sequences. When I saw like dailies after the shoot, I thought, there's no sense in there. This is it's just a bunch of people randomly shooting. There is a lot of smoke and they would never kind of put the creature there. It, it, it'd be impossible. And when I saw those post visits, wow, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's an alien over there. They, <laughs> they're fighting this guy. Yeah, yeah. It makes total sense now. So, I mean, no, those guys, the CGI company that I worked with, they my longtime collaborators, and especially the animators team there, really the magicians i mean they 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 bring the thing to life if it wouldn't work that the, if we fell for some reason uh the the, the rest of the movie w wouldn't work for us so yeah right right so what are you working on now i'm assuming you you've probably got another movie planned that you're you know either like in pre-production on or maybe you're actively shooting i don't know well yeah i have a few things in motion right now so right now i'm doing this movie it's a horror movie it's called god's country i deviated a bit from this uh, sci-fi genre it's uh this story pretty much leans into the horror genre but it's still um has a feature feature aspects to it and it has a great script great cast uh crew uh team of producers great writer and we, yeah we and we going we're going to shoot it this fall that's awesome where are you guys shooting that one at uh we're going to shoot in canada canada okay so i can expect it in english or it's in english <laughs> it yeah in russian no no, no. Okay. It's, it's entirely english project english speaking it's uh english uh, american they use production company matt reeves is producing it i think me and my production designer whom i brought from spotting we are the only two kind of a russian kind of elements of the, of this project well that's cool so i hope that when it comes out you'll join me again on here after i can watch the film and um you know we can talk about that one but uh otherwise this has been super enlightening and it's been great talking to you about this movie again love sputnik i uh, gotta get it framed somewhere here in my office the poster thank you thank you yeah thanks uh that was fun and yeah we should definitely do it again and yeah thanks for having me